Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. Welcome back to garage talk. Me garage guy chase joined with Dale Tanhart. And on this episode of garage talk, we have another legend in the building man that we got to meet for the first time a couple weeks ago at Worldwide Technology Raceway. He is known around the world for his amazing talents, his no-holds-barred opinions, and his statements, and he is a complete and utter force of nature. It is Mr. Kenny Wallace, a.k.a. Herm. Welcome aboard Garage Talk. We are so happy to have you here, Kenny. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm excited to be on your show. I've heard a lot about you. And uh, yeah, I just got done working on a race car doing my deal. And I'm excited to uh, to spend some time with you all. Yeah, you know, I got to start somewhere else, though. It, it is about Worldwide Technology Raceway. Um, it was really cool that we got to hang out. And you guys, are, of course, got the the boat running on the NASCAR race day stuff. Or the, the Kenny Wallace show, I think is what it was called. But how is John Roberts literally the nicest person I've ever met in my life? How nice is that guy? Can you, he is just way too nice. Does it not blow your mind? Like, yeah, he, he's very nice. And he's also the one that makes me laugh so much. Everybody goes, man, Wallace, you laugh so much. I'm like, I just don't laugh to laugh. Johnny Roberts is funny. He's uh, com- really talented. He can play the drums. He, he, he's good. Uh, he's just funny and a good man. I had no idea he was a drummer. That just yeah, I mean, that's an extra point. Crazy talented. I love the drums. I, I do a little drumming, a little guitar myself. So I'm a big music guy. Love that. We'll have to get with you. Uh, we do garage jams over here. I want to know what Kenny Wallace's 10 favorite songs are of all time. So we had one with Mark Martin on here. He was our first legend driver that we had do it. So now we got you. So we'll have to get that hooked up. But yeah, we're talking about worldwide technology. It was so awesome getting to meet you and John in person for the first time. And um, just getting to open up for you guys that day at that track was phenomenal. And worldwide technology raceway is, I know that's like your home track kind of uh, in NASCAR being in the St. Louis area in Missouri. And so we got to know them really well. They love us. We love them. And, and we can't wait to get back up there and do some more. What, what do you have to say? Like the crowd that is there. This is two years now. Had another sold out crowd. It's just awesome to see that in the Cup Series. And what, being one of the tracks that are independently owned in the sport, what does that mean for you and your community in your hometown? First of all, they have a really good team over there. Uh, they uh, There's this new phrase I've been using lately is uh, – uh, it's called gotta wanna, and, and they have that. They gotta wanna. They wanna. They wanted to do good. So the owner Curtis Francois and general manager Chris Blair, they they love racing. They're they're huge race fans, but great. You know Curtis is a great businessman. So they really they they want to be successful. They are really intense, but good people, and uh, it makes me proud because it's my hometown, and you know this is where we're from, and. We have racing around here, but never thought the NASCAR Cup Series would come here. Yeah, that, that's what's the best part about it, really. Like, I love going to the races there. It's two years now. We hope to continue to keep being there and maybe do some more live stuff. You know, opening for you guys was huge, and the crowd there was just amazing. And, you know, you were also on the Fox broadcast now. I think this is two years running that you've done it out there. You had a long career in broadcasting. I have to ask, this year I know there were some things that happened. There were some AT&T fiber internet issues or whatever. And this is not just maybe a question for that specific time, but I feel like it definitely applies. What are some of these conversations that are happening in the Fox booth 
when the commercials are cutting. Well, I, I just, I feel like with you being up in there, I know on a week to week basis, it's gotta be hilarious. But like, what are some of these conversations you guys have? Like when the commercial cuts or when these things happen, like where, where does the conversation run to? Well, it's a well-orchestrated machine. It's very intense uh, because although we're sort of relaxed, we're, we're on fire mentally because we know there's, you know, handful of millions of people watching what two million at least and then you know now we know that everything's being live streamed on people's phones so they're safe to say that there's two million people watching so you kind of know this in the back of your head and you feel like you're trying to do your very best job so it is not fun in games uh, you know they know me so well that it's kind of funny they just played me in as if I was still working for them. They're like, okay, we're going to do, uh, where's Wallace with you? <laughs> it made me laugh. Okay, you're going to do the pre-race show. Kenny, you're going to interview Bubba Wallace. I'm like, well, okay. So, you know, I did I did it all free, and I was honored that they even asked me. But this, this is the second year in a row. I think from their viewpoint, I'm more mature. I'm better. I found my own voice is what I'm hearing. Uh, there are some people saying Kenny Wallace has found his own voice. Um, I think that can mean anything, but you know, the, what's going on up there when the fiber went down, that was AT&T's fault off site, uh, place has been unlucky a couple times, you know, with issues. We do know that the crowd is good. The race is good. The experience is good. So, um, with the fiber issue, all of a sudden we realized we didn't have timing and scoring. And we're like, where's timing and scoring? And it's like, we got a thing in our ear going, uh, everything's down. We're like, what? So, it, it, you know, if you were in the grandstands, you wouldn't have known anything was going on. And all hell was not breaking loose. It was just, you know, the people in the Fox TV trailer they were calm they were real nice they go hey yeah we got an off-site issue actually AT&T and I I did get to the bottom of it talking to Chris Blair for all intents and purposes they got a switch it's like uh we're gonna switch all our fiber optics from here to Chicago and right during the race they did this and what? it That's really crazy. messed the whole deal up and uh it is very hard for me to explain. I'm not a professional, but basically they, they turn the switch like railroad tracks, like everybody's going and now we're going to go like this. Uh, so it was a strange phenomenon. I don't think it's happened very much. And uh, NASCAR was, they were, they were more, you know, feeling bad about it than the racetrack was because it was like, how the hell, how did this happen? And, uh, so it happened. What I was happy about is it seemed like it just died down like 12 hours later. You know, we heard about it on Monday, but it was just kind of like it, it never lingered. Uh, but it was big in our booth. I, I happened to be up in there in the second stage when it went down. And, and then when I went down to the TV compound is when I learned a little bit more about it. Yeah, you know, NASCAR Twitter, all the keyboard warriors were going crazy. Uh, as Mike Joy likes to call him, but I want to, we like nostalgia, you know, we like to mix past with present and future. I got to go back talking more about St. Louis, that track in general was the favorite race you ever watched there. The 2004 truck series race uh, under the lights when two or three cars are flying up on the wall and you're screaming in the booth as a child, I'm seven years old watching this. And me and my dad were just going crazy and going crazier because you're going crazy in the booth. I just have to know like what your thoughts were about that race when it was happening. And, and was that like your favorite race you ever got to get up in the booth and call? So I have a lot to say about that. Yes. You perfect. Know, I, I think that in life, you know, we, we get to be, um, 30 years old, right? We're 30 years old. Then all of a sudden we look at a picture of ourselves when we were 20 and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe my hair. Look at my hair, you know, when I was 20 years old. Oh, look at those silly 
shirt. What was I thinking? So with that being said, we all go through that. Back then, I was being hired because I was exciting. And, you know, I had um, a lady hire me for speed. And she said, Kenny, do you know why we hired you? And I said, I don't have a clue. They said, because you have a lot to say. So I took that is, is I talk a lot and I'm, I get excited. And so when that race was going on, it was crazy. They were wrecking their butts off. It was exciting. And I was just saying and feeling what I was seeing. Now, when I look back on it, would I do that today? No, but I would be excited. I probably, it, so back then, if I was at 100%, you know, with my voice, I'd probably be 80% now. But I think that was me being young. But still to this day, it, it's, it's a hell of a show to watch. If you look back at it on YouTube or wherever, it was exciting. It was unprecedented. You know, I mean, they were just, they kept going green, white caution, green, white. It's like, is the race, oh my God, they wrecked again. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the craziest damn race ever. So that was my age and that was that time. I love that. Yeah. Speaking of that, you talked about, you brought up speed channel. So that was what was really big for me. I remember watching you on speed channel a ton when I was coming up and I love that atmosphere, right? The college game day atmosphere, yeah. race day live, watching you guys on the booth. You got all these fans there. It is just one of the most amazing atmospheres when you're a fan of something and you're there to watch the competition and you get to attend something like that in the beginning. And my favorite part about it has to be all of the signs that the fans bring. So I want to ask you, I know there have to be some that are very memorable, some that stuck out more than others. What were some of your favorite or your most unforgettable signs that you saw at all the races you went to during the years? The wildest, funniest, whatever it might be. Well, first of all, great question, uh, because that was a big part of the show. We, we, uh, we had the signs on site with big markers for them to fill out and they were blank. But then, you know, as we got into the 10th year, you know, the show became a phenomenon. Uh, it was a, you know, it was an overnight success. And then everybody's like, we gotta go because we wanna be seen on TV. We had people showing up at these races, you know, 5,000 people. They, they got to the racetracks early so they could be on the show. They're like, hey, I'm watch this. I'm gonna write, you know, Jeff Gordon wears makeup or Jeff Gordon sucks or, and so we literally had to have Fran. Fran was this guy from Michigan. Don't know Fran's last name, but he's a good guy, and he was our stage manager. We had to have a stage manager because, you know, people get drunk up and they start throwing stuff at us, or not because they were being mean to us. They just wanted attention, and uh, Fran had to go down. And, and grab some of the signs away because they could not be shown on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones usually. Those are the ones there, you want to see. Well, yeah, so, so Fran was our stage manager, sign controller, but yeah, I mean, you know, show us your boobs and, you know, people try getting, you know, eat crap, but, you know, use the other word and, uh, I laughed at all of them because I'm hardcore. I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm street smart, you know, I love I'm, a, I'm a little ghetto myself. Yeah. And, uh, Let's go. I thought all of it was funny as all get out, but <laughs> I guess they got that new deal now where you get fined if stuff gets on TV that shouldn't be on there. Yeah. They ever that. hand out like fan fines. Like they'll just go find the fan. Like in the, in the minute, how do you think that would play out? We cuss on the show, by the way, Kenny, you're welcome to, you're welcome to. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm a, I cuss a lot, a lot, and it's just natural. Like when I cuss, I don't even know I'm cussing. Same. But it's been brought up more lately because I'm doing more. And, you know, on my YouTube shows, the Kenny Wallace show or Kenny conversation, my, uh, my manager is really good. And uh, he just doesn't want us to be kicked off for any reason. So <laughs> we understand. 
We understand. Yeah, so I, I can say the word by God, we'll de bullshit this, but he doesn't he doesn't like me. De bullshitting is okay. It means like we're gonna weed through this. But um he'll bleep things out. He'll bleep things out every once in a while because he doesn't want to get us in trouble. Yeah, that's that's and YouTube can be kind of YouTube can kind of suppress your videos if there's too much bad language. So we, we understand how that goes, but I'm you know, yeah, no, you, Hey, you're doing a great job. Your show is fantastic by yeah. the way, but Thank you. talking about every, you, you talk about it yourself. You got a lot of things going on with the Kenny wall show, the NASCAR race day revamping. And I want to get into the revamping here shortly, but on the nostalgia level, I loved when, and I know you guys, you probably talk about this with a lot of people and answer similar questions. Like when the Budweiser shootout was going on and you guys would, you'd be at the bar popping the beers to give everybody their starting position. The interaction with the drivers was very natural and it was really, really fun for people watching in person or on TV. Um, and you guys always had drivers in and out coming up on the, on the stage and everything as guests. Who was like the favorite driver you liked having up there? Like throughout all the years in the in the two thousands and the early teens, who was the one driver that you had the most fun with and were the most excited to talk to when they made an appearance on NASCAR Race Day? Kevin Harvick. He was easy to talk to, and he understood it early on. He he knew that racing was serious; it was very real, but it had an entertainment value to it. So, Kevin became my favorite sit down and talk to so uh fox used to fox tv would send me to Stewart house racing before speed weeks in daytona and for a couple two three years in a row it'd be you know i'd sit down and interview tony and uh, we would talk before we'd get ready to take the interview and uh, he really enjoyed it he would he'd go are we done i really enjoy it it, it kind of became therapy for me and him and, and I find that when I, when I find somebody like that, you know, and they're that good and they win championships and they win races, like you said, it bleeds over. You know, our boss, Eric Shanks, who, you know, runs Fox, uh, that's why he, that's exactly why he took me off the desk and put me out in the field because I was interviewing Dale Earnhardt Jr. That we were in trouble one day for media day at Daytona for Speed Weeks for the Daytona 500. And my boss on site, Steve Craddock said, hey, man, we're in trouble. Can you go over and cover media day? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Well, our boss happened to be watching in LA live, right? So in LA, they got they got all their shows on a big screen in the boss's uh, you know, office. Well, all of a sudden I get done with it all and Steve Craddock goes, hey, can I talk to you? I go, yeah. He says, man, we just got a call from our boss. He had no idea that you could interview people. Because up until this point, I was given my opinion. I was on NASCAR race day, built by the Home Depot. Uh, and my job was, you know, I was racing on Saturdays or I, or I was in the cup race. What I was doing was so unique because, see, I was racing in the races and running pretty good. So it's like, you know, I'm starting 16th in the Daytona 500. Hey, by the way, uh, Junior, can I interview you? Oh, okay. So it started with Benny Parsons, Ned Jarrett. And then all of a sudden, it, this phenomenon started going where race car drivers were doing TV shows. And now it's wide open. Now, now all race car drivers are doing TV shows. You know, you know on Saturday for the Xfinity races. you The drivers you only, catch. yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of the first one to do all that. And my boss was like, oh, my God, the drivers talk to you way different. I said, it was, it's because I'm racing. I'm a race car driver and I do this TV on the side, too. And they, they didn't they didn't get that. So I was I was more popular for TV than I was for running 16th in a cup race. Yeah, you pioneered. It was a, it was a strange phenomenon, but now it's now you see Dirty Mo Media with Dale Jr. and Harvard's going on TV, and all that is, is kind of it was started before me with Neil Bonnet, you know, 
Ned Jarrett, Benny Parsons, but then I made it, I brought it into this era. So hopefully that kind of. No, that's, that's, that's crazy how it's evolved. Yeah. It's uh, and, and I think that it says a lot too, especially when, when it relates to some of the content that, that Dale and I put together. I mean, we grew up watching you and a lot of the drivers doing, you know, what you did and what you've pioneered. And so that's just a, an amazing way that's evolved. Like just watching at Charlotte when you had like Tyler Reddick on and you had Austin Cendrick and some of the shenanigans that they're getting into, you know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Their it's sponsors amazing. love that. Yeah. And that's and the drivers are was born from what you started. So yeah, huge thank you and shout out. And I, and I love the fact that that's being talked about now because yeah, if it wasn't for someone like you and for these other guys to realize that, then we might still be in that traditional era of your guy in a suit talking about the sport and nothing else from that, you know, it could be that bland, but it's a, well, uh, it was a little taboo. They thought if you did TV, it meant your career was over. Yep. Then, then we realized that we got to have sponsorship. And when the car's on the racetrack, you might not get shown. Your car might not be on TV. So then it started being like, hey, you know, Joey Logano is sponsored by Shell. Can he be on the broadcast for the Xfinity race? And, and so you're right. I mean, it started being like, hey, can my driver be on? You know, like I said, back then it was considered that Oh, you're not a race car driver because you're on TV. And now if you're not on TV, you're, you're losing out. Right. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, you were, you were bringing that up too, just talking about the, the whole era, everything about it is just great. And, you know, it kind of leads in, you were talking a little bit about when you actually were driving. So starting out, I mean, like one, one thing that I want to move into is Bush series, right? I mean, you are 25 years in NASCAR. You have nine Bush Series wins. That's, you, you did a lot in that series. And I know in the mid to late 90s, you were in a certain car, and I'm pretty sure it's right up there behind you. Right now, I have the same car. I found it at a thrift shop. It's one of my favorite. Yep, Red Dog. You already knew. When was it that you realized that the Bulldog also could double for Batman and Catwoman? Yeah, so if you hold it upside down... <laughs> Right there. So that car, that car was so awesome. Cause just first of all, forget about the beer, Red Dog. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's that's a beer drinking name. Hey, Red Dog. You know, uh, you know, you can say Red Dog, or you can go, Hey, Red Dog. You know, so it was a dog, and it was, you know, you know, bulldog, and uh, and then people, the fans started doing what they wanted with it. They realized that if you turned the dog over backwards, it looked like Batman and Robin having a good time. And, and so then, then, it, <laughs> then, it caught, then it caught on a life of its own. And like, we had nothing to do with it. I, and I'm like, what? Yeah, turn it upside down. I'm like, oh, my God. Were you, did you ever see car, it while you were driving? Did you ever see it while you were driving, like in a race? I never did. I was too focused. Well, then, then we won three races in a row. We won uh, 94, 95, 96 at, at Richmond. So then the car, you know, it just, it, the rollout, it was called Tease Marketing. The very first race we won with it was just the dog on the hood of a black race car. And we won the race. And Miller Brewing got very lucky. They took that video and they put it on their at their national sales conference in front of thousands of distributors. And they said, we want to show you how tease marketing has been working. And so they turned it on and afterwards just got a standing ovation because I'm in Victor Lane and they say, what is this bulldog on the front of your car? I'm like, well, I can't tell you, but you're going to know soon. And uh, so it was one of my, favorite most awesome sponsors it won races yeah. and uh so it it was it was fun i gotta say uh you're still driving by the way um yeah. that the red dog thing is great and we it's it's kind of funny how it's lived on with tyler reddick like i feel like people calling him the red dog constantly will bring that car back up and that deal about the hood back up. I love seeing it pop back up on Twitter. It's really, really funny. Once Chase told me about it. From the Darlington thing. So I remember yes. a few years back yes. I tweeted and I said, Tyler Reddick needs to run the Red Dog 
number eight throwback car at Darlington and I had tagged you in it. And when I saw that, cause I, I always knew like growing up, like I grew up in, in a smaller town and I remember being a kid going into the gas stations and my dad would go get beer. And I would always remember seeing the red dog. I thought it was so cool in the commercials in the late nineties with the, with the red dog that was like walking around people's houses. And so it was like that whole factor. But then, yeah, I just realized like, oh crap, Kenny was in the eight, had the red dog car. Tyler is in the eight at RCR at the time. So I just started calling him red dog. And like now everybody's just calling Tyler Reddick red dog. So we call him like red dog, the road dog. He's good on road now, you know, winning road course. Race. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm a lover, but I just take the knife and I just puncture the skin enough. I'm just enough controversial that people call me and tell me how much they love me and like what I say, but yet nobody wants to, you know, they got to be careful. And I understand. I totally understand. You know, my platform is working great. We're, I'm, having, I'm having the time of my life. And, you know, the, the Kenny conversation shows that, you know, I call any of these drivers and they immediately want to be on the show, but I understand you know, there's a handful of drivers that are afraid for me to interview them because I don't rough them up. I just, we just talk and they're afraid. They're like, oh, what's he going to say? Or maybe but, you make them say something they don't want to say yeah. by, by, by buttering them up too much, you know? So I address that when I do Kenny conversation, I say, look now, I don't, I don't want to back you in the corner and I don't want to get you in trouble. And they're like, no, no, you're not going to get me in trouble. So that's Kenny conversation is the serious side of me. The Kenny Wallace show is, is the crazy one. That's just going to say it the way I see it. So it's, it's two complete different shows. And I think that's why Kenny conversation has had Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, Mark Martin, Bobby Labonte, Brad Keselowski, you know, we just, you know, Brad Sweet and Jonathan Davenport. And, you know, we'll have Roger Penske on soon. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's coming on, but you know, word of mouth travels. So uh, uh, it's, it's, yeah. So, I mean, there's just three, there's three of me, which one do you, do you want? You know what? You want the flamboyant one. So the Kenny Wallace show is about, you know, saying what's up and, and, and telling the truth. And, and sometimes when you tell the truth, Hey, here's what, you know, that's why I think I like Tony Stewart so much. You know, he, he says, hey, look, we hired Josh Berry because we don't got to hold his hands and we don't want daddy's money. We, Josh has been there, done that. He's seasoned. We're going to hire him. And, you know, and I like Tony for that. Yeah. What I was going to say was um, you're driving. Uh, uh, you're still driving now is what I was going to say. But uh, we love talking about the Red Dog situation. But I like the Kenny and we love to get off topic too. Like we, we go off on all these crazy tangents. So I, I feel like, I feel like you fit in perfectly with us. And I want to go off on one more of those tangents uh, because of what you just said. I like the Kenny Wallace. I like all Kenny Wallace versions. Uh, I'll be honest, but I do really like the Kenny Wallace. I saw the other day on your Twitter, where you just put a random video uh, of you. What were you, you were cussing about traffic or something what what was it oh, man? No. you were going crazy <laughs> you like were you like smoking the pen? i put that on snapchat it was 10 so snapchat is awesome because it goes away in 24 hours you just mf people all you want so snapchat is where all the us crazies are and uh just say whatever the hell you want to say and uh so on snapchat that video is about a year old uh, but I saved it because my wife laughed so hard when she saw it. It's something that we all deal with. You walk into a mobile one gas station or your, your local gas station and you, you get a soda and you stand in line and you're standing in line forever and you look up there and it's all these people buying their scratch off. You know, scratch That's what off. it was, yeah. And, and they want this type of scratch <laughs> off. No, no, I want that one. <laughs> And you're, you're in line for literally five minutes and, and the line is out the door and it's one person and it's like, Jesus. And then the person embarrasses themselves. They turn around, they're like, oh, and there's like 15 of us in line because these people are spending all this time on their scratch offs, you know, their, their lottery tickets. It's like people, there's gotta be a separate line for you. 
So, so to make it funny, I was serious looking. I had this serious face like this. And I, I took a, a sharpie and I acted like it was a cigarette. You know, you know, and then I, I cuss, of course. Hey, for all you people and your little silly little scratch offs and your little monies, hurry up. <laughs> it's so true though, man, because like, yeah. <laughs> I know where I live. Like, look, you're, I, where, where you're my just there to get a water, and you're waiting in line for 20 minutes. Like, motherfucker, what is going on? Here? <laughs> it's yeah, you want it so bad, but like, they have people, especially where I live. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'll I play with the scratch offs. I love them. I'll grab a couple. I go outside. There are people that will stand there and play them in line. Yes. And that yes. is where it's like you draw the line. Like, I've been in, in a position where there was a guy twice my size, and I'm like, you. You're either going to put down the Gatorade and go to another store at this point, or somebody's got to say something because nobody, nobody in this world wants to say anything. They don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm, I'm kind of different. Like I've really just got to that point in my life where I'm like, Hey, you know, what will be, will be, and you know, I just have to tap somebody on the shoulder sometimes and be like, Hey man, like right here, this little platform. Great. And they'll just move over and I just jump as soon as I can. And they're just staring at me while I'm getting my Gatorade, but you got to do it next time. No, I'm going to do it. We're in Mississippi and Louisiana, so we there's a lot of just little tiny little gas stations near us. Degener and the degenerate scratchers. That's what out the called. door of degenerate. Yes, degenerate scratchers. Funny, funny. One thing I learned about comedy, and I, I love. I grew up on Saturday Night Live. True comedy is what is painful in life, and people make fun of it because everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, I go, I go through that. Those damn people and those scratch offs." Where I just I come in to get a coffee and I just want a coffee and now I'm in line for 15 minutes because you want scratch offs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, Kenny, like have you ever thought about getting into stand-up comedy? Because I think you would be fucking hilarious at it. I really well, I, I, I would be good at it, but I just don't want to make put the effort into it. I, f I feel you on that. I've actually I'm looking into some open mic stuff here in New Orleans right now. So it's like I, I grew up the same way. I was obsessed, like Chris Farley. Adam oh. Sandler, the golden era. Dale's the same well with like Will Ferrell and all them. We love that. Like so we Dana really, Carvey. We kind of consider yeah. ourselves like racing like comedians, I guess you would say. Like that's just like I naturally felt that way my whole life as a class clown, somebody that's moved up through those ranks. I just I was the class clown. <laughs> surprise, exactly. surprise, right? Yeah. That's why we vibing good right well, here. Yeah, and, and I can't reiterate enough how often we'd go off these tangents like this. So this is great, but I, I have call to get them back. Audibles. Audibles. I think of NFL football. Organized. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I DW told us too. Like DW, we did a deal with Daryl Waltrip, and which was the biggest honor that we've ever done. We broadcasted an iRace race with him, and he was telling us a little bit about that. Just like. Yeah, if you don't really know what's going on, man, you just got to kind of go with it sometimes. You just got to say what you feel in the moment. You know, you don't really know what's going to happen or what's happening, but you just come you just come up and pull some stuff out your butt sometimes. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. But finally, I got to ask you, because you're still driving. The point that I wanted to say like 15 minutes ago, and I'm honestly glad I did because this has been fucking hilarious. You know, I'll just be blunt. But um, you're still driving. You're still doing the dirt stuff, and you're doing SRX this year too right tell yeah. us about what that's going to be like and what you think of the srx series and everything going on as that gets ready to get kicked off as well as what you're doing on the dirt side of things too yeah i i get it i am confusing to people because i still win and i race at a very high level and i win big races but i put so much stuff out there on the internet that a lot of people can't concept like when I win, they, they really stare at the car to see if it's really me coming out of the car. And <laughs> what I do 90% of the time is, you know, I, I do all my own work. I mean, I bust my butt. And uh, so uh, they SRX series sees that. And they, they know that I race and I've won like 108 dirt races and championships. Uh, so they just, Don Hawk called me up and said, hey, We'd love to have you at the last SRX race at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. And uh, it's, a, it's an incredible honor because the SRX series made a big game change. They went back to Thursday Night Thunder, which when you guys were babies, that's what made Jeff Gordon so famous. You'd be sitting Thursday night, 
eTurnRod ESPN, there they were showing open wheel midget racing from Lucas Oil or from you know uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, it's had so many sponsorship changes that you know O'Reilly Raceway Park, Lucas Oil. Right. Erp. Shout out to Erp. That's what we like to call it. We call it Erp. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, now SRX is the place to go because they're going to be live on Thursday night. ESPN. It's it's six weeks. It's six races. But it's a month and a half. It's yeah. right through the middle of the summer. It's SRX. And it's, you know, some great drivers, you know, indie car drivers, you know, all types of great drivers, asphalt, dirt. And, and they're big names. You know, I mean, they're starting out with, you know, Clint Boyer and Kyle Bush and Kevin Harvick. And I mean, you know, Mar Marco Andretti. And so when they called me and said, hey, would you do this? I'm like, hell yeah. And it's three hours from my house. So that whole genre you brought up there, you know, you're, you're, I, I heard you're like, you're still racing. And I get that because my wife says, you, you do so much, you confuse people. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? They said, well, they, you know, so yeah, I race at a very high level. I got great sponsors. We win races. I wash my hands and I jump on the computer and I do my shows. And I saw you like your last seven races, which you may, I don't know if you've raced another one since you put that video out uh, with Jughead. We're going to talk about Jughead next, but you, your last seven races, you fin you've won like three and finished second in the other four. Like that's a hell of a run, right? And, and we're very, first of all, we're humbled. Okay. We're just tell. So what happens is people go, people say, what have you been up to? I'm like running my dirt car, you know, one, two races. Got in the last seven races, top two. We don't brag. We just, my brother Rusty taught me years ago. He goes, Herm, it's sad to say, you have to remind people because people remember what they want to remember. You know, what, what is in my world? That's what I am doing. I mean, hey, you know, so, uh, you know, it's all about social media nowadays. That That's everybody's newspaper, you yeah. know, so, uh, so yeah, we're just racing. And uh, so I'm racing the dirt car. I'm doing the YouTube shows. Marcus Smith that owns Bristol, Charlotte, all, he called me up. We brought back the NASCAR race day show. The same show is at Worldwide Technology, but it's called Kenny Wallace Live. That's because that's Chris Blair, a good friend of mine. And he goes, no, I want to be different. That was all Chris's deal. It's kind of embarrassing for me, but he wanted to call it Kenny Wallace Live because he wanted it to be different than NASCAR race day. It's pretty much the same show with Chris, some of Chris's ideas. And uh, they both work awesome. They're both pretty much the same. But uh, Chris is, 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 is pretty fun. He, he, he's the one that had me smash a watermelon on stage introducing watermelon man Ross Chastain. So that was all Chris's idea. And it's I'm good like, you stuff. want me to do what? It's good stuff though. Like that's the kind of stuff I feel like that really gets a crowd going that, that like people want to watch on TV and see those kind of things, you know, and like Chris himself, like, I mean, the man himself has been like, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like the cousin Eddie, you know, of like, of this deal. And I love that about Chris and I love what he's doing. Cause like he really holds on to that nostalgia factor as well. So like, yeah, like the name thing is different. And Marcus, Marcus Smith doing that was huge because that shows that he's invested and understands and knows what were the great things about NASCAR when it was at its peak and what to do and how to continue that momentum right now. Because believe it or not, like we know too, NASCAR has tremendous momentum and we want to see it back on top just like everybody else does in the sports world. And so, you know, that I think that for NASCAR, things are going well and they're only going to get better with SRX going to ESPN. That right there alone is gigantic for the series. That right there is what may bring in a brand new fan base to this now. And I love the fact that you're going to be running that at IRP. And I do have to ask, like, if you could, like, in one sentence, what is the one thing you would say to a casual race fan? that may never have watched an SRX race, what would that one thing that you would say to them be to get them to go to a race, buy a ticket, or to tune in on a Thursday night? 
world-class drivers in identically prepared race cars. You know, where, where else are you going to go and see drivers from NASCAR, uh, IndyCar, uh, drag cars, stock cars, dirt cars? You know, when you got Ron Caps, who's a drag racer, and, you know, when you got, uh, you know, sprint car racers, dirt sprint car racers, uh, you know, you just got all these disciplines, all these, you know, yeah, it's rounding round, but, you know, however you can consolidate that, what I, what I tell people is I go, look, it's world-class drivers all in identically prepared cars. Now, every once in a while, there's going to be some cars that flex differently, but they, they make them identically prepared as they can. It's our IROC series now, you know, it's our IROC yes, series revamped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. The biggest but, longest but, sentence ever, by the way, Kenny. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, right. So <laughs> we work hard to consolidate things, but but you know, the biggest difference between this and IROC is that they come to your track. They're coming to your little dirt track. And that's why it's got so big. And, you know, we got five thousand grandstands and they're packed. That looks way better than Teledega, you know, with 50,000 people and there are all these empty seats. You'd rather sell out five or 10,000 seats. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, what, that's what we hope to do. We want to go, we want to definitely get to some SRX races this year and check it out. I love everything that they're doing over there and they're going to continue to do. Can you, can you give us some, uh, can you give us an exclusive? Who's going to be on the hood of your car at ERP? Well, I'll be honest with you, you know, it, as right, right now, I, I think it's favor and Jags. They're in, they're in constant work with them. Uh, I'll be at SEMA this year with Jags. They just called me last week. They love what's going on with the Kenny Wallace show. And uh, they're talking with Don Hawk right now. So uh, who knows? Uh, I had to, I had to, they asked what I wanted on my fire suit. And I put, I said, put Jags. And my brother's motorcycle company, Southern Country Customs. So oh. they, get, they give the driver two spots free. And uh, so we're putting Jags in Southern Country Customs. Hopefully, hopefully Jags will choose to do it and they'll be on there. That's news to me. I had no idea. You're talking about Rusty owns a, a bike shop? Oh, God. If you look at my dirt car, it's uh, my dirt car is, is sponsored by Southern Country Customs, which is my brother's... Uh, so let me see here. I got some really good pictures. Like now I'm just imagining Rusty like in the movie Wild Hogs. Like he's just like cruising down the speedway. Oh, like Rusty's just, unbelievable. He's see he a chopper guy? He's got like big handlebars. Yeah. So here's my dirt cart. Love it. See that? We run the hell out of that thing. But on the quarter panel on the nose, if if you go to if you go to Instagram anywhere, go to Southern country customs i'll find it for you right here i didn't check that out did here you know this dale did okay, you know that rusty this. had a bike shop i did oh, god they, they, him and steven build them themselves i've seen this branding i've seen this logo i just had no idea that it was rusty that your brother like did that that's awesome you know, rusty's unbelievable rusty literally builds them up he built tony's they built tony stewart's motorcycles they just were up at bentley warren's uh what they do is they take brand new Harleys. Damn boy. They uh they take brand new Harleys, brand new ones, and it's called custom. You don't the objective is you don't want to pull up to a stoplight and see another motorcycle just like yours. Right. So Rusty's like, okay, what do you want to do? And they're like, I want this type of paint and I want better music and I want a badass motor. I want cool pipes. So it is a Harley. It originates from a Harley, uh, and they're they're kind of Harley branded. In other words, they're not sponsored by Harley, but it's a Harley, and uh, they pimp that baby out. You know, do you want to go down the highway? Do you want to put your girl on back and cruise down A one A? They build motorcycles. What you want, and uh, you actually you tell them what you want. So Southern Country Customs. It's a mouthful. I just had a, a crazy idea. I just had this idea. I want to run it by you real quick, Kenny. 
a, a television show, two brothers on motorbikes touring the, the world and have a special guest driver on a motorbike. And you just go on mountains like the Dragon's Tail coming to Tennessee. South they just went. Rusty and Steven, they all went. Clint okay, I Boyle, love that. Love that strip. Yeah. Like, that road is incredible. So I've done it. I got sick. I had to pull over and throw up once. It was crazy. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, Skinner, <laughs> Mike Skinner was on it. So I just went on the Kyle Petty charity ride. Best time of my life. I could see yeah. him being a biker. Kyle Petty's got the ponytail. Oh, he he's is. In, dude. He is a biker. Yeah, but he, he's really cool. That is a – the Kyle Petty charity ride is about the Victory Junction gang camp, and it's about people, and it's just – Motorcycles are about people. We we use motorcycles as an excuse, but it's about people and it's it's so much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. We got to check out that Instagram page, but I wanted to talk about something I kind of hinted at, talking about your dirt series stuff, everything you got going on with the dirt car, winning races, finishing second, hella good runs. We got to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Jughead. I've seen this very recently. I know you have tweeted uh, by popular demand. You've got an interview coming out with them as well. We're very fascinated and interested with this guy. So I just want to know what what's the story behind behind Jughead? And he's like the only guy with you. You talk about how you're, you're, everybody else is all on a lake or they're all just away from the racetrack now. Jughead and Kenny Wallace are still together. What's the story? Yeah, so it'll be coming out. But I can just tell you that Jughead has been roughed up in life. A couple heart attacks skin cancer, speech impediment. Uh, he's been, he was made fun of his whole life and uh, we love each other and everybody else is mature and grown up. They have children, they work and they all just, they're gone. Nobody's fault. They're just gone. I'm, I'm, old, I, I'm 60 going on 35 and I've been blessed with energy and I eat good. I stay active you know, I eat fish and chicken and, and I, I do good. So I'm still ready to go. Well, my friends are old and tired. They don't have no energy. Well, Jughead doesn't have much energy either, but he loves racing and I take care of him, you know, and uh, he helps me an awful lot. But, um, you know, people are amazed by him because you know, everybody loves him because everybody knows, everybody gets it. Everybody needs somebody. And so I asked Jughead all these questions. He answers them all. It's 14 minutes and 57 seconds long. It'll be on my, and you'll hear from him himself. But in a nutshell, I just told you. Uh, and so he's the last one. And it's not that he can do a lot, but he saves me a lot of steps you know, goes and gets, returns my transponder after the race and gets my money, um, fills my car with gas, plugs the battery charger in, fills the jugs up with fuel. He, he does a, a lot for me or else I'd be going to the tracks by myself. NASCAR superstar. And I've done it. I, I pull it. I pull into the racetracks, run third by myself. And, uh, you know, I just love racing and, my stuff's nice, neat, clean, and I win. And and that's the joy of it all. It's almost like a battle. It's like, come on, you son of a bitches, let's go. You got all this help. I don't got nobody. I'll kick your ass with me and Jughead. Whoa. And how did he get the nickname uh, Jughead? His real nickname's Hoghead. <laughs> that's my dad's nickname. Is it really? I swear to God, my dad's nickname. They call my dad Hoghead, and I still to this day like his friends would never tell me why. Where, they where does it? Where did it come from? Where did where did the Jughead or the or the Hoghead well, come Hog, from? I guess, I guess somebody called him Hoghead, and when I first met him, I forgot his name, and I accidentally called him Jughead. Oh, and it stuck. And, <laughs> and they all started laughing at me, so it's it's just Jughead. Man. That's awesome. <laughs> His real name's Frankie, Frankie Rollins, and we do that. But he's Frankie Rollins, and uh, I call him Jughead, and they all laugh because that's not his real nickname. And but it, it's better than Hoghead. I think so too. That's My dad name. would agree for sure. I I've still got to figure that out. I'm trying to get to the bottom of that. I'm 31 years old, still trying to get to the bottom of why my dad's nickname was Hoghead. Uh, he does have a. Oh, big he had a big head. head. 
<laughs> I got one. Hey, this guy, this guy's got one too over here. We're we're just a big head gang over here. Me too. Yeah, I'm we'll seven and a we'll, half. We'll be like a we'll be like a quartet, <laughs> dude. Like straight up, we'll call him over. But no, I I love everything about this garage talk, this conversation that we've had with you, man. You are one of the most honest and genuine human beings I think that I know, especially in this industry. And I just got to tell you, I appreciate that from you. I appreciate that more than you realize because we are living in a time where things are different, especially with social media content, you know, and, and how, how, you know, everybody's got to kind of got to watch what they say and how they say it and how they present and how they do things. And it, it can get crazy at times, man. And you're just one of those people that just inspire me day in and day out to remember, like, remember who you are, be who you are, because that's, what's going to get you where you're going. Well, I, I can act if you want me to, but I, I don't really act. And I really am who I am. I'm not a tough guy, but you know, I'm, you know, my mom came up with something years ago. She goes, quit insulting my intelligence. It's like, that's, that's not what happened. And that's not the way it is. Why are you all going along with this? So that's me. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you're just out here. You're living like everything that I've learned about you since we've done this too has been even more just reinforcing in the thought process I had. I do have uh, one other thing I do want to ask you um, now that, and this, this really just transpired uh, from this conversation. If I buy you and Rusty like like biker vests and decorate them, would you wear them? I heard you, but say that again. If I bought you and Rusty biker vests, like cuts, would you and decorated them myself? Like Dale and I worked together to decorate these. Would Don't forget about Steven. Steven needs one too. Gotta get one to Steven. If you make it fun, yes. What about some biker goggles? So, make on, anything on. you got. We want a picture in return though, Kenny. Like we're gonna yes. ask for a photo. Like we're gonna need yes. Yes, something like these. I would I would do that. Yes. I love it. All right. So that so we so we got something right now to guarantee Kenny. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been awesome. Everybody, make sure that you check out Kenny Wallace's YouTube. He's doing he's these three guys. He's Jekyll Hyde Hyde. He's he says three different guys, man. It's the Kenny Wallace show. It's it's the the Kenny conversation. All right. You have to check these things out and check everything out Kenny's doing. Go to a race. Go to a dirt trace a, a dirt track race at your local short track. Support short tracks. Go to SRX. Obviously, go to NASCAR races. We love everything you're doing, Kenny. We appreciate you for for taking some time with us today. This has been fun. Uh, anything better, before? Uh, I was going to say you, you better you better cut the cord because we'll be talking for six hours, Kenny. That's that's how this program goes. Big rabbit hole, guys. We'll go down. Well, first of all, uh, Chase, I'm glad that you're feeling better. Thank and, uh, you. You know, I, I I see that you had enough energy to tweet that you were feeling better and taking a pitch. Isn't that something? I love how we all do it. But I'm, I'm glad all of you are in the sport. We need you, and I love you all. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. We appreciate you, man. All right, we'll see you guys later.